I love him. How I indeed adore you, Lord. You indeed are my breath. You're my sunshine. You're my all in all. You're everything to us, Lord, this morning. Whether it be the speaker or whether it be the hearer. We need this one to come that walked, as we heard this morning, on the shores of Galilee. Walk out of the pages of the Bible. You that walked out of the eternities and took the book. You're the same God that can walk in this assembly, Lord, and meet the needs of your children. Father, we're committing the day to you. This is the Lord's day. Lord, we want to rejoice and be glad. We want to give you all the praise and the glory. Father, we ask you now to take the book. So often we take it, but would you take it and would you open it to us, Lord, and give us eyes to see and ears to hear. We need you, Lord. We are not like Laodicea who said they have need of nothing. We have need of everything. We have need of you to come in our individual lives and awaken to us the reality of Christ. Not for yesterday, but to today and what we've been called for. Bless your people now, we pray. Bless Brother Tim on the field, Brother Ernie on the field. We pray, Lord, that you'll bless the men of God as they labor for the kingdom. Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With our Bibles, let's turn, please, to Acts chapter 7, verse 17. And then to St. John chapter 14, as we read a couple of weeks ago. And I titled this, Come to a Place I've Prepared for You. There's a land beyond the starry sky. They call it Beulah Land. And I'm thankful. I'm seeing an old friend here, Brother Randy Snow, who graces us with his presence once in a while. But I used to know him and he had darker hair and had more hair. And I had blonde hair. And now one day I'm going back to where we came from. The very thoughts of God and what he has for us. This world is passing, folks. This world's not our home. Don't live for it. Don't live for its fashions and the allurements of life. Live for Christ. And I see a lot of young people. I see you looking around. We sing songs. We're not singing songs to sing songs. We're singing songs to the one that we love. That's why we come to church. You, you haven't got an idea. My breath, my sunshine, my all in all. If he didn't give you the breath you breathe right now, you'd be dead. And so then we come here not to be seen. We've come to worship. Come to worship this Jesus called Christ. And I, I just pray that you get awakened to the reality. I had a brother come up to me the last service we were just finished. And we had a, a last uh, two unusual services Friday, uh, Saturday night and Sunday morning I took. And at the end, I was at the foyer greeting the people. And there's a, it'd be just like Brother Darren, exactly the same stature, with a nice baby blue suit that I almost lusted after. And, and it was just, he's just a nice brother. And, and he and gave me a great embrace. And he said, Brother Tom, I remember. I remember two services the last time you were here that you preached. He said, I had a spinal disorder. 
And he said, I, he said, one of the titles you preached, he said, the hour is come and now is. Glorify thy son, that thy son might glorify thee. And then he said, the next message was, awake, thou that sleepest. He said, I awoke to the reality of who I am. And God touched my back and I've never had that disease since. That God is my God. And that's the God that I'm looking for this morning that will awaken us to this reality. He's not on the shores of Galilee this morning. He is here amongst his people to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we would even ask or think. We just need to start asking. You have not. Why? Because you ask not. You ask not. Why? Because you believe not. We're believers. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Acts chapter 7 verse 17. One, one scripture here reading. Acts 7 verse 17. But when the time of the promise drew nigh. I want you to take a look at that. When the time of the promise drew nigh. He's talking about now Abraham. And Abraham was told that your seed shall sojourn in a strange land for over 400 years. So there was a people actually looking and realizing that there was a time that God was going to fulfill his word. And so when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. May the Lord add his Blessing now to the re of his word. You may have your seats. Come to a place that I've prepared for you. And we took that last couple of weeks ago. And, like, and I said, I said, I didn't know whether I would say part one to part 5,000. Well, you can take one scripture and it just unfolds and unfolds and unfolds. And so we just want the Lord, we have a service this evening, and Brother Michael Ray will be ministering, so we'll just try and, and be a little bit concise this morning, and may the Lord just bless you as you hear the word of God. So when the promise drew nigh, there was a people that were absolutely under expectation. We understand from the reading of the books that Daniel read, the reading of the books, by those reading of the books, they knew then after 70 years that God was going to have a people return to, to, to Israel. So we see different factors throughout the scripture. And last time we took and touched a little bit about Joseph and how Joseph was given the coat of many colors. And then he was given a dream and had the stars and the moon and the sun to bow down to him. And then he had another dream and the dream was that those sheaves would bow down to him. And many times when we have certain experiences, we think that it has to happen in the present now. When God is a God of eternity. So it doesn't, what's time to God? Whether it's a hundred years, four hundred years, or four thousand years. There'd be a seed of a woman was promised in the Garden of Eden that would crush the serpent's head. But that didn't take place for four thousand years. But that was still a prophecy. And the promise drew nigh, and yet the people missed it. But there was an elected lady that actually caught Messiah. I loved it. I was just going over last night, and there was John baptizing on the river, and there was Andrew following John. And then John says, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. I thought, isn't that amazing? 
there's John who was taken away and put into the wilderness at nine years old. Lived in the wilderness until he was in his 30s. That's amazing. That God was preparing him for a message. And in that preparation, look at the years it took. And look at the moldy hand it took for John to be able to say, Behold the Lamb. Maybe you don't want to go through that kind of preparation, but if God's got to prepare a place for us, there's a time where God's going to prepare you for that place. And that's why he sends his word. Your preparing time might not be at a time when you think it's all roses. When God does his preparing, he does his molding. And when he does his molding, that's when he's doing his best within our lives. We say in the good times, praise his name. In the bad times, do the same. But you'll find out that God is more close to you in the hard times. He's preparing you. He's preparing me for a place that he's prepared for you already. But you've got to be prepared also. Do you understand that, saints? You go through trials because God wants to prepare you. So that you don't get so tied to the world. They get comfortable in life. We don't get comfortable here. My comfort is Christ. Christ Jesus. So we are living in a time... Closer, as Paul has written, than we've ever been. But what what preparation is he doing in your life? Don't complain about the hardship. We all have hardships. We all have hardships. Jesus had hardships. Prophets have hardships. It's not all rosy, but that's when he he's the closest. That's when he is indeed the closest. If you want to follow me along, I'm going to try and follow my notes. And may the comfort of the word be your strength. Turn please to Hebrews chapter 13. Brother Michael, you can sing that song anytime you want. There's peace. Indeed, peace. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. For he has said... What does he say? I will never leave you. Nor forsake you. So it just doesn't matter if you've got Jesus. You've got everything. Paul goes on to say, So that we may boldly say, 
so that we might boldly say, so if the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you, then it goes on to say, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Don't you love scripture? So now here's another translation that says, so then we take comfort and we're encouraged. And we can confidently say, the Lord's my helper. I will not be afraid what men will do to me. Things are unfolding. Things are happening. Things are taking place that is laying in the message. And my, my biggest concern is people aren't in it enough. That's my biggest concern. My biggest concern is that we have come maybe to a time when you're so busy doing things that the things that matter are put on the shelf. I'd like to ask the young people, how many tapes you listened to this week? How many chapters have you read in your Bible? How many times you've got down? I'm not saying it for condemnation. I'm just saying it for a challenge. That should be a part of your everyday life. That should be something that, that becomes more than life to you. Your job means nothing. Tomorrow you can lose it and you have nothing. You could be dead tomorrow. What you do for Christ is the only thing that lasts. Brother Bram said an uncertain sound. He said there's only one certain sound. That's the gospel. There's only one certain sound, Brother Lou, and that's the gospel. Prepare for battle. Prepare for battle. Oh, I'm sure when, when Hitler and the movement came and they took the Jews and they took them to their gas chambers, how many beautiful young ladies and little boys and, and, and it, it, it fries your mind when you even do a little bit of history study. There's always been times of great hardships, depressions and wars. And we've been blessed not to have experienced it on our shores. But you had a prophet said, you prepare for battle. He said, prepare for battle. What battle? Here you go. What battle, brother Tom? The coming of the Lord. Satan is going to fight you to keep you away from this revelation. You say, Brother Tom, how important is Malachi 4? You're not going into rapture without Malachi 4. Without you realizing what this message has come for. Now you say, well, Brother Tom, you're, you're a little dogmatic on that. I, I don't think I could be dogmatic enough. I'm sorry. Brother Bram said, what are you preparing for battle for? He said, the coming of the Lord. Prepare yourself. For the battle now is against evil. When evil's besetting the people on every hand. Everything's going wrong. Home life's going wrong. UN's failing. Nations are breaking. Atomic bombs are around. Homes are splitting up. Motherhood's going low. 
immorals among the people. He's trying by the Holy Spirit to awaken us to this reality. Fashions mean nothing. Ladies, get that in your mind. High heels are gone. Slit skirts, all those things are so far below this revelation of the coming of the Lord. Immorals among the people. And we hear about pornography. I never heard so much about pornography than in our camp. And Brother Tim Pruitt preaching on it, preaching on it. I said, my goodness, what is going on that the Holy Spirit is trying to clean the church from? And know then young person after young person after young person come up to me and say, that's my problem. That's my problem. That's my problem. Saints, we are in a battle for the coming of the Lord. He's looking to a pure and holy people. Evil on every hand. If you've got a problem with the internet, you better get it off. If there's a problem somewhere, kill it. The battle is on. It's against all evil. We're battling, he says, the distrust in the people. Distrust. Fussing. Stewing. What you want to do? Be certain. Prepare yourself for battle. It has no age line. It doesn't matter if you're 5, 6, 10, 20, 80. Does not matter. Brother Bram said there's no age line. There's no respect of persons. Evil is at every hand. But let me tell you, God rich in mercy sent heaven down in this generation. To combat the evil that you're living in every day. Amen. It's no respect of persons. It's on the young and old. The good, the bad. It's on everybody. Hmm. But let's go back to Hebrews 13. says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hmm. So they might say, the Lord's my helper in this time of evil. Amen. That he's actually a person that is walking with you. Yes. Talking with you. Amen. Dealing with you. Speaking with you. So then the Lord, who is our helper, says now through a prophet, the stabilizers have been put on the ship. Great fearful waves are out before us. But we know just beyond that wave yonder, we're nearing the shore. What's the battle for? The coming of the Lord. See, we're nearing the shore. Just stay stable. So now Satan in all his works are trying to destabilize you. Stay in the word, Brother Bram says. Stay with God. No matter how you feel. What, an, what anything else. Stay right with the word. Stay stable. 
when you see all these big old clouds around us, storms coming, bombs, everything else they're talking about, our stabilizers are right straight in the word. God said it would be, it would be here, but here we go. We'll crest every one of them. Now the prophecy's gone out. Now that prophecy must be fulfilled. We will crest every one of them. We are not the Titanic. The Titanic is going and has gone down. We are going up. Now listen what he says now. He says we'll crest every one of them. Yes. We'll go right over the top of them. Yes. Indeed. They can't sink us. Evil can't sink you. Laodicea can't sink you. Your job can't sink you. The lust of the flesh can't sink you. You'll crest every one of them. They can't sink us. They can't drown us. You can put us in the grave. We're going to come out again. That's just all there is to it. There ain't no way in the world to keep it down. We'll crest every one of them because our great chief captain is calling on the other side. We've been indeed given a message that I think is beyond our comprehension. And I think a lot of people try and try and comprehend the message. And if you try and comprehend it, or you try to understand it by your own degree of intelligence, you will miss it every time. Brother Bram said it is not putting scripture with scripture, Greek with Greek. That's not it. To know him. And him is a person. And to know him is life eternal. So now Paul is writing to the Corinthians. And I, and I, and I always, when I try and read scripture, I try to read it as I'm reading it today. Not back in the days of the Corinthians. But in 1 Corinthians 2 and 6, you don't need to turn, I'll just read it. It says, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are mature or perfect. How we speak wisdom to them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, that we come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden mystery, or hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So now Paul is telling us that there is a wisdom that comes from above, that is going to be revealed... For your glory. So but rather. Here's another translation. But rather we're setting forth the wisdom of God. Once hidden from human understanding. Now revealed to us by God. That the wisdom which is God. Himself. Has decreed before the ages. It's for your glorification. To lift you up. In the glory of his presence. That's what this word has come for, is to lift you up into the glory of his presence. This hidden wisdom that was once hid, now revealed, is to lift us up into the glory of his presence. 
Did I not speak on too long ago? It says, those whom who he has called, he has justified. Those whom he has justified, he has called to be conformed. And that conformed is not the conformed what Paul writes in Romans. This is a different conform. This conform is, as we said, is son morphe. That means that we are being conformed in the inner man by the presence of God. So now we see that this glory that's being revealed or the word that's being unveiled is to lift you up into the very presence of his glory. We're having a little Sunday school this morning. We are planted together in Christ Jesus, who is the inexhaustible fountain of life. We're planted in Christ. We just drank and we drank and drink and push out. And everything we have need of in this earthly journey. He says this a number of times. Divine healing, power of God, all these things is in every individual in here that has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We sing it so often, yet here we need to take some footsteps or possession. We say, I got the life of God in me. I've got his life, his nature, and his ability. I've got the life of God in me. More than a song, saints. It's more than a song. It's a declaration of truth. So then everything we have need of. Is in us healing the power of God. All these things is in some individuals. He doesn't say that. He says it's in every individual. That's here that has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. For you're planted in Christ. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost baptism. Yes sir. Everything you have need of in this life's journey. Is in you. Amen. So many times at the end of the service, we'll say, well, do you have a need? Just to lift up your hand. And, and, and we go service after service. We could have a wonderful me- a meeting in the morning and everybody stands and then the same people stand in the sun and, and, and in the nighttime. We got to move on. If God's done it, walk in it, believe it, confess it, rejoice. Amen. He said, even the rapture, and this has, of course, been spoken before. The rapture, then, is right in you. Everything you need for the journey is already in you. You didn't even know you had it in you. That gene that was in you found you. That's why he said invisible union. We preached on it. We can preach a wonderful service and we can get out afterwards. And you wouldn't believe the counseling I have to do after. And I just said, didn't we just have a wonderful service? And we get down to such base things they're talking about. Saints, we gotta lift our thinking a little higher. Higher, higher. He said, the rapture's in us. I'll prove to you by the gospel. Those whom he called, he justified. Those who he justified, he has glorified. Hallelujah. Then in heaven today, we're glorified in the presence of God right now. I'm just pushing out to it. Amen. Glory. God's in his word. Do you believe it? So now, God has to do his preparing work. 
in your life to prepare you for the place he's prepared. He sent a message to prepare you. Without the message, where's the preparing? The Baptist message can't prepare you. But the word comes to prepare you. Are you getting it, saints? This message is your preparation. Outside of it, you're not getting ready. I'm sorry to be so loud and boisterous on this, but I feel like I'm the midnight crier. Right now, I'm just crying the same message. So then there's a preparation. You say, well, Brother Tom, I've gone through so many hardships. Let me tell you something. So have I. So have the people next to you. Don't just look at yourself. Look around the room. We will have hardships today, tomorrow, and the next day. But one day, we're going up and be changed. They can't sink us. They can't put us down. It doesn't matter what comes our way. What Satan throws at our feet. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So uh, happy preparations. I preached on that years ago. In preparing now to go. I want to take a look at Job for just a moment. I won't elaborate too much, but I, I want you to take a look at Job because I ended on Job. Job, in, as your mental capacity would understand, society would be, he had everything. He had everything. He had his family, he had wealth, had his wife, he had a walk with God. He had everything. I want everybody listening to me, because you're going to go through this. He was a perfect man. He was a mature man. And God knew that he was perfect. And then a prophet goes off this scene and says, you're perfect. So then if Job was perfect, and look what Job went through. What was God doing? Preparing him to see a resurrection. God's preparing us for a resurrection. I don't want your feelings. I have cried in my situations more than maybe most of you have done in yours. I've hurt till I can't hurt anymore. I've lost till I can't lose anymore. But I know one thing. He has never left me. And he's never forsook me. So if he's done it for me, he'll do it for you. He's a very present help in time of... As we heard on Wednesday... Imagine now, he had everything. Say, well, I'm starting out in life. I've got a sweetheart now, Anthony. I, I'm looking forward to a marriage someday. And I, I've got everything. But when heartache comes and pressures come and jobs go, babies get lost. I have, I, not too many people have cradled dead babies and walk in the room and pray for mom. And you know, that, that, that doesn't leave you. And you feel so inadequate. There's hardships. People have hardships. But let me say something, saints. It makes you what you are in Christ. In the good times, but in the bad times, I want to praise them.
Job. Job, Job, that had friends even. We'd go to the marketplace, Brother Bram said it. They would greet him. He was liked by everybody. Everybody liked Job. Everybody wanted to hear the wisdom of Job. Can you imagine losing all your children in one day? Try it sometime. We grieve and have a lost loved one in once in a family. He has to, he loses all his children. He loses all his substance. He lose all his wealth and status. Surely if, if, if this is happening to you, God can't be with you. Your Bible says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. It's in those times that God comes on the scene. Brother Bram said, it was at this hard time that God made himself known to Job. Preparing us for the place that he's prepared for us. He's preparing you. I know, he says in Job 19 and 25, and we can all quote it. I know my Redeemer liveth. He sat on the ash heap for a long time. Scraping his boils. His health was gone. He'd lost everything. Scraping a boil. Ever had one boil? Try your whole body having boils. And his wife saying, curse God and die. God was preparing him for a great revelation. I know, he says, my Redeemer lives. And he shall stand in the latter day on the earth. For I know that he's my Redeemer. He's my Goel. He's my Vindicator. And in the last days. Though these skin worms eat this flesh. Yet I shall see God. Brother Bram said, Job in his distress with everything gone, his wife turned against him and accusing him and all his believer friends. Who? His believer friends turned against him because they only had theology. And all the rest had turned against him. But God said, come here, Job. Come here, Tom. Put your name there, Jim. Come here. Come here. Come here, Job. I'm going to give you something, boy. I'm going to, going to place within you something that all the devils of hell can't shake out of you. Glory. When God has lifted the veil so that you can see this resurrection, nothing will shake you. Nothing will move you. Can you say amen, church? Amen. Amen. Nothing. He was in distress, Brother Ram said. His wife against him. Everybody accusing him. Friends who were believers, but only had theology, accused him. But God said, come here, Job. Come here, boy. I'm going to place something within you, something that all the devils of hell can't shake out. And if every teacher in the world might accuse you one way or the other, it will never move. You know what he did? He raised the curtain a little bit. Job saw yonder. What did Job see? What did he see? He saw Easter. For the first time, he saw the first Easter. And then he screamed, I know my Redeemer lives. 
I trust you can see Easter in this message that God has opened up the veil. Nothing will shake you. Nothing will move you. So I've gone through hard times. That's your preparation. Job went through hard times. But he went through those times so that he could see a resurrection. This message is the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. This message is Jesus Christ. Amen. He lifted a little bit and he said, Job, look yonder. What do you see? He says, I see Easter. And he screamed out, I know my Redeemer lives. When God has lifted the veil from you and you see this message, you can cry out, I see the resurrection. I know my Redeemer lives. He's my goal. He's my vindicator. He's my everything. Oh, what a blessed place he's prepared for you. (laughs) That's what Brother Bram says here. Oh, what a blessed place to be. It wasn't so nice when he was sitting there and going through his preparation. Hmm. Hmm. We go through it. We go through it. Even the world has the phrase, life's hard. Brother Bram said life's hard. He says, let's just try and make it a little easier for somebody. But there was a place that God had prepared. He had to lose everything to get to a place to sit on a heap. What a place. He had to be so that he could see the resurrection. What a blessed, Brother Brent called it, it's a blessed place. It's a blessed place. I'll tell you, man, I don't know how blessed it would be if you, if you lost everything. Really? Really? Your wealth, your children, your wife. Hard. How many plots he had to bury or dig? See his children lined up. Then cursed by the very people that are supposed to love him. But there was one that never left him. There was one that never forsook him. I don't care what you're going through, saints. I know there's a God that's present. That can be your friend in the time of trouble. He can be your peace. <laughs> In times of storm. Amen. See, by the time you get emotional, well, you, when you go through a few pains and hurts in life, you're not talking off the top of your head. You're talking from experience. But I know once God lifted the veil from my eyes to see this message. My daddy couldn't move me. My mother couldn't move me. My brothers couldn't move me. My sisters couldn't move me. Nobody could move me. I didn't know whether you'd be here or I'd be there. But I knew one thing. God sent a message for me. He said, you're insane, Tom. You're crazy, Tom. You need to see a psychiatrist, Tom. You need to see a psychologist, Tom. 
All I knew, Jesus saved me. All I knew, I was delivered from everything. All I knew, Calvary meant everything to me. All I knew, Jesus sent Malachi 4. I didn't know much more than that. But saints never left me nor forsook me. Yes, sir, Brother Ram called it was a blessed place. And then another place is called it sacred sands. Sacred place where he could raise the curtain so he could see him. If that was my prayer this morning, Lord, lift the curtain off of everybody's eyes that they might see you. See you, Lord. Get delivered of such so simple things that try to weigh us down. Delivered from lust and unclean thoughts and things that so battle our minds. Just lift up your heart to him. Say, Lord, deliver me. Deliver me from these things, Lord. Vindicate the messages in my life. Show to Satan. You can't have me. Jesus bought me. Oh, but it's real to mommy and daddy. I don't want it just real to mommy and daddy. I want it real right down to the front to the back. So it doesn't matter what situation arises in the church. You are grounded on that rock of revelation. You say, well, he was my friend. He was my friend too. But they forsake Job. They'll forsake you. But there's one that will never forsake you. Do I hear an amen in the audience? We've all gone through some hard times and hardships in life. And those were the times, as I said at the beginning, those are the times when he comes near and he becomes more real. He called them one place, blessed place. He calls it another place, sacred sands. A place where God lifts the curtain that you might see him in his resurrection power. Excuse me. To know that he lives. Job cried out. I'm going to ask him when I get there, Job. How loud was it? How loud were you? You scream it from the top of your lungs. Then Job cried. I know. That means it's personal. It's individual. I don't care whether you're up on the back seat. I don't care if you're up on that balcony. Come to church. Don't come to church. I don't care. It's those that believe this message is going to go in a rapture. It's not your idea of the message. It's what the message is living and vindicating itself in you. That's why he said, and see, is not ever this shock. He said, I must be about my father's business. So my father's business is to vindicate Malachi 4. Vindicate Luke 17.30. Our lives are to vindicate it. What he preached is true. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And greater than this shall you do. So these are all word now. This is all coming down to the showdown. This is coming down. Or it's not just church. Sacred sands. Blessed place. Where God lifts the curtain. And you see him in his resurrected power. 
and to know he lives. Job cried, I know my Redeemer lives. And at that last day, he'll stand on the earth, though the skin worms destroy this body. Yet in my flesh, I shall see God. I wonder how many believed his testimony. I wonder how many followed him afterwards. I wonder how big his congregation got to be. But I don't know, if I was living in that time, I think I'd be with Job. I don't think, I know. I know. He says, now, we had someone in our day lifts the curtain. So now we don't have to look at just Job's days, friends. We can look at our day and know that a prophet went past that curtain... And lifted that curtain so that you would know this message is true. He said, I said, no, I don't want anyone. I want to go myself. I'm going in. Now, Brother Bram says now, he says, there are times that we go through our molding times. He said, well, I'd love to have a ministry like Brother Bram. But never take the time to find out what it took to make the man that kind of man. The heartache and the hurt and the pain. The molding and the shaping and friends forsaking. It seemed like from even the beginning of his ministry, the Lord was trying to open, lift the curtain for us. Trying to. I was reading, we have no continuing city. And Brother Bram now, he says, now he wants to go into see hope. And she's passing on. And they've already told him she's passed on. He said, he says, I want to go in there. I'm going in there. I love her. I'm going in. I walked to the door, I opened the door. There she laid all covered up. Blanket sheet pulled over her face. I jerked the sheet down. My heart was breaking. Put my hand on her. Perspiration on her forehead kind of felt sticky. I said, hope. Hope, honey. Speak to me just once. Well, just speak one time, won't you? Friends, if I live a hundred years, I'll never forget what happened. Those two big brown eyes looked at me. She was so weak, she couldn't say nothing. She's smiling. She took her little finger and she motioned and I got down. She said, why'd you call me, honey? Why'd you call me, honey? I said, well, I said, I don't know. She said, oh, I was in another land. It was so wonderful. I wasn't suffering. She said, the great big birds like a great Orion. She said, there was a man dressed in white and went on one side and the other side. They were taking, taking me to my home, Bill. I say, praise the Lord. God sent a message to lift up the veil a little higher. 
to let you know there's a land beyond the river that they call the sweet forever. Hallelujah. It's not a myth. It's not Santa Claus. It's none of this Easter Bunny stuff. This is reality. This is where you're going. I have gone to prepare a place for you. But I got to prepare you to get you to that place. Oh, one day I was weary myself. Said, I'm 50, you better get going, Bill. You better do something for the Lord. You better hurry up. And I think, what? What have I done? Compared to, he said, you better do something, Bill. Hurry up and do something. We've got to run with this message, saints. We cannot sit still. We have to proclaim it. So what have you done, Bill? If you're going to do something for the Lord, you better hurry up and do it. He said, then the quickening power came. He let me look over into the curtain. Over the curtain. I seen all you over there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See? He said, all. Now, that, now some people get offended with this, but let me, you know, let me be alone. I love this for me. If you don't want it, I'm, I'm taking this for me. He looked over and I seen all of you over there. Uh-huh. Said all that you ever loved. And all that ever loved you. He doesn't even know me. He does not know me. But I love him. I love the sacrifice. I love the man of God. I love the vessel that God used. All that you ever loved and all that loved you is gathered here with you to meet God. Amen. So he wasn't seeing in the present. He was seeing in the future. This is God. He said in one place, he lifted me up into the eternity. God sees before, now, and later. That's my God. He's lifted the curtain so you can be at peace. Let not your heart be troubled, for I've gone to prepare a place for you. Showed it at the beginning of his ministry and at the end of his ministry. Oh, I don't know. Do you love him? All that ever loved you. We, what is it? There was the God in him we love. And we love that vessel. I seen them all over there like that. What was it? Quickening power. Now, no, you don't say, well, I hope I made it. We're talking about quickening power now of God. Raising the curtain for Job. You saying, God has saved me. God has filled me with the Holy Ghost. God has made this message alive to me. This message is the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, you don't say, well, I hope I made it. He said, you already made it. It's not, I will make it. I've already made it. I never made it. He made it for me. He made it for you. 
Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified. Freely, forever. Soon he is coming. What? Oh, glorious day. He said, there was nothing like I ever felt before. Could have been a vision. If it was, I never had one like that before. Just a voice saying to me, all that you ever loved and all that ever loved you. We're all here together. Oh, my heart just melted within me. All that you ever loved and all that ever loved you is gathered here with you to meet God. All. So I looked up the word all. All that ever loved you. It means the whole. The whole. The every bit. The complete or the entire. Gathered under her messenger. Hallelujah. Then the voice spoke. This is when you'll be gathered with your people. What's your expectation for your destination? There's no tomorrow, he said, and there's no today. There's no yesterday. There's no nothing. Every, we're in eternity now. But some glorious day the Son of God will come and we'll be judged according to the word that you preached. Oh, brother, let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God? You believed in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. I've gone to prepare a place for you. What a place. What kind of place? Well, there's one designated place I said last time that I'm des- I'm destined to called the throne. I'll let that one sink in for I'm destined. I'm predestinated to it. To him that overcome. Amen. To him that overcome. Will I grant you sit with me in my throne? It's been prepared for me. Disciples were even arguing. Who gets to sit on the right hand on the left? I know one thing. I'm predestinated to be in that throne. I'm an overcomer. You might as well say I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. And that prophecy must be fulfilled. And I'm going to fulfill it. He that overcometh will I grant you sit with me in my throne. Even as I also overcame and sat down on my father's throne. Brother Bram said, and this is a quote I read last time out of Philadelphian church age. There are in those that are in the bride taken amongst the Gentiles. They are before his throne day and night. They serve him in the temple. They take special care of the Lord. They are his bride. The bride goes wherever the bridegroom is. She'll never be left by him. Never be forsaken for him, by him. If he'll never forsake you here, he will never forsake you there. Wherever he goes, you go with him. You will never be left by him. She will never leave his side. She will share the throne with him. 
she will be crowned with his glory and with his honor. And I want you to say hallelujah. What a place prepared for us. But God in his grace has to prepare us for that place. Isaiah 26 and 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. Romans 16 and 20. Familiar scripture. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. What does that mean? That means that in the Greek it says, when you put Satan under your feet, you're showing him you have dominion over him. Dominion over your adversary. Dominion over your enemy. Amen. He's out to destroy your peace. And God has given you the ability to destroy him. So, will you follow along with me in this quote then? Shalom. Now we see his word vindicated. We believe. So if he vindicated the word today, what is it? What do I care what this year brings? Why? He's preparing us for that prepared place. What do I care what comes our way? He's never going to leave you, nor forsake you. So, what do I care about what the year brings? What do I care about the next year? What do I care whether I live today or die today? Every word that he promised will be vindicated every one of them. If he is able to do it today after promising it 2,000 years ago, if it's a 100,000 years today, Jesus will return to earth in a visible body for a church. The redeemed bride. And take her out of here. Take her out of here. Regardless of what comes, goes. Fashions go on. People wade into total darkness and believe anything they want to believe. But Jesus Christ will return again and I trust the future to Him. Can everybody say amen? Amen. I trust the future to Him. Can you say that? I trust the future to Him. What do we care? What do we care? Whatever God wants to do. They can't put us down. We're going to go up. Amen. What a promise. What a promise. Listen closely now. Jesus said the son of man. 
is being revealed from heaven. Let me close by saying this. The Son of Man is now being revealed from heaven. Will it come after a while, Brother Branham? It's now. And I hope I won't have to make it so personal. But that your spirit within you, that's give you by God, can read what I'm talking about. The Son of Man has already come from glory and is revealing himself for the past few years to his church in mercy. Showing them his great presence. Doing the same things that he did when he was here on earth. Revealing himself like he did to Abraham. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has now come in mercy. Revealing himself to the church. It's being laughed at. Scoffed at. The next time he reveals himself, it will be in judgment to the world and the nations. That's forgot God and send their day of grace away. Because they have forgotten God, they're doing the same thing they did to the angel of the Lord back there, mocking and making fun of it. But he's here now in his mercy. Hallelujah. He is here now in his mercy. Look what God had to do to prepare God's vessels. Look what he had to do with Jeremiah. If you've read your Bible and see what these prophets had to go through and Isaiah and what he went through. And there's so many examples we could take. And look what John went through. A nine-year-old boy going in. Brother Brown said he couldn't read. Whether they be letters as big as a boxcar, he couldn't read a letter. You say education so important? Well, just hit that education spirit. If you use it for the glory of God, go ahead and use it. But if it takes you up, that demon's got you. Here's a man with no education, got a revelation of behold the son, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. He said, yeah, he said, he knew who he was in the scripture. I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Who told him that? He couldn't even read it. I would say he got that by the inspiration of Almighty God. How did you catch this revelation? Who do you say this message is? Huh? Where'd that come from? Who told that little girl that if you just go to Elijah and have him pray for you? To Naaman. You'll get well. Brother Ram said in one place, who told her that? Elijah hadn't done any miracles yet. Who, who told you? As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the revealing of the Son of Man. Who told you that? No man taught you this. But my Father, which is in heaven, has revealed this message to you. Hallelujah. So here was John knew where he was. I'm sure, I'm sure, saints of God, we got to know who we are. We got to know who we are. You say, I'm the bride, I'm the bride, then I'm a part of him. 
Then she's bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, spirit of his spirit, nature of his nature, life of his life. Then she's him. Then whatever he is, we are. Can we walk in that revelation? There was John in his position in the wilderness saying, I'm one, I'm the voice crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. What was he doing? He was preparing the way. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing, what he was called to do. He was preparing, Brother Bram said, the way of the word. He was preparing it, the way of the word. And look how God prepared him so he could prepare the way. Look at your own individual lives, saints. What you've gone through and are going through and have gone through to make you what you are. Don't make excuses for your weakness. And crawl back in the sympathy and pathetic tea party of pity. We are either sons of God or we're not sons of God. We're either daughters of God or we're not daughters of God. We either stand on thus saith the Lord or we not standing on thus saith the Lord. You don't know what I've gone through and you don't know what I've gone through. And you don't know half the what the people and the saints went through in a lot of, in their lives either. And it's all centered on me and selfie. Look at my situation. It's the worst ever. I just read you Job and nobody here has even come close to Job. He never moved. No, sir. He stood where that offering was accepted. On the heap of ashes where he knew God spoke to him. He was immovable, unshakable. And so is a believer. And I'd love to hear a great response out of your heart. Say, that's me. Nothing's going to shake me. Nothing. I don't care. My family leaves me. Listen, saints. You look around and we we got our daughters leave, our sons leave, our different ones leave. Why don't you have faith believing that they're coming back? Oh, but they're gone and they can play. Why don't you guys by faith put them by you? I'd rather have a believing parent than one that just tries to have all the compassion in the world. Compassion ain't going to do it. Revelation's going to do it. Compassion is to do the will of God. I don't know what you have around your tables in the morning, but we always told our boys when we were around our table, we're not interested in having rich young rulers. I don't know what you have in your morning devotions. I don't know what you do. I know what I did. We're not interested. Mommy and daddy ain't interested in having good boys come to church. I'm not interested in that at all. We want Holy Ghost filled boys. Serving God with all their heart. And we weren't going to let that go. And when you look around you, we have Samuel is here. Michael is here. Joel is here. So if God can do it for one family. He's done it for many of you families. What does that to do to increase your faith? Amen. I'm not going to let the devil rob you of what God's already given you. 
How did I know Jonathan was in service the other day when I were preaching? How do I know that? I don't know what's going on in his brain right now. I don't know whether he's repenting right now. John, he could tell it had happened in a moment. Victor's could say it happened in a moment. We have people that have backslidden and come. Why not believe for them? If they're gods, they can the rope is only so long. Hallelujah. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. John had to be prepared so that he could prepare for the way of the Lord. Take a look at some of the pictures they draw up of John, his matted hair and his camel skin, and Brother Branham talked about it. A wild man in the wilderness. We think about it and we're saying, oh yeah, that's a nice story. Yeah, well, you never lived in a wilderness. Who provided for you? You have to say the same God that provided for Elijah. How do you know what to eat? How do you know he could survive? He knew what the vipers were all about, snakes in the grass. He knew what all it was. Well, it must have been lonely times. It must have had some times, unless God would have been there. He would not know what to do, but he had to go through those times. Because God was preparing him. To prepare the way of the Lord. God is preparing you. For the rapture. Hallelujah. Prepare you the way of the Lord. And make his path straight. He was preparing the way. For the word. Brother Bram said improving his word. What was John doing? He was preparing the way. For the word. Preparing the way for the word. So that the word would be made manifest. So that was John's job. (laughs) That was his calling. To prepare the way for the Lord. Brother Bram says, to prepare the way for the word. Then the word could be made manifest. Hallelujah, he says. Don't you see it in its shadow? In the last days, there's got to be a place prepared for the word to be made manifest. I want you to stick up your hand and say, I am that prepared place. We had an Elijah prepare you the way for the Lord. Preparing the word for the word to be made manifest. There's got to be a place prepared for the word to be made manifest. And we're living in the evidence of that new land. Amen. It's the son of man. Oh God, lift the curtain this morning from every eye that we might see you high and lifted up in all your glory. He lifted it up for us. My work. Listen to, let's listen to a prophet now. I, I just had a, I'm, I'm sorry. I had a wonderful time studying this weekend. It's not a drudgery for me. It's a privilege. My work is in the realm of spirits. That's where I live a big part of my life. Is in another dimension. Amen. 
that the world knows nothing about. And I speak that in the name of the Lord Jesus. They don't understand and there's no need of them trying or for no need for me to explain it. Now that very fire that's on that picture taken with a mechanical eye of a camera is right now moving between me and you. It's a being in another dimension or another world. I see it and you feel it. And if he will come tonight and reproduce the life of his son here at the platform. Now, it won't be me. It will be him. Remember, he's doing this that it might be fulfilled, which is said would come to pass He would come to fulfill what the prophet said. Fulfilling what the apostle said. He's come again in flesh to receive his church according to his word. These are big statements, saints. Now look, you'll probably never be any closer in your life than you are now. So that audience will know... And your friend, you're standing now, humble, sweet, feeling around you. Is that right? Not your brother, but something supernatural. Raise your hand. See, it's the angel of the Lord. I am now in that other dimension. Glory. What is he doing? He's lifting up the curtain to show you that's where we're going. Hallelujah. I am now in that other dimension. In a spirit world. I want to pray for you. Well, the anointing. Now, the very thing that's here and that knows your life. I see it going way back to a little girl. I see you as a little girl. You're running from something. It's chasing you with a dog. And it's coming from a school or something long ago. It scared you. And you're nervous like that. That's true. Look at How would he know that unless God was there? And then for God to be there, he was there when the little girl was running. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God sees your situation and God can meet your need. Hallelujah. Sister, you with the black gloves on in your hands, raise up, look at me. He said, I don't quote to you. He says, if I don't quote to you your prayer that you were praying, that I heard in another dimension, another world, tell you what you're praying about, will you believe that Jesus heard you? This is his anointing who hears prayers. Christ you are praying for a gallbladder condition. You're praying for a colon condition. You're asking God to speak, have him, me speak to you. Is that right? I want you to stand to your feet right this minute so the people will know. Turn around to the audience. I am not the Messiah. It's his spirit. It's his Holy Spirit. That's what it is. Then if it's the Holy Spirit then, it's the Holy Spirit now. If God was there then, God is here now. If you got a need now, let God minister to you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
I will be with you even in you. I'm not Messiah. It's His Spirit. Amen. I'm anointed. I'm feeling now it's coming. See, he, he's, they're saying He's guessing that. I am not guessing that. You remember, you can't hide your thoughts now. See, this little, this talk about this lady, she's a Jew. Just a moment. I don't know, I don't know what he said was wrong with you, see. It's just like I go, it's like into another dimension, another world. Oh, it's a tumor. You, someone's praying for you. It's a child, extremely nervous. It has a low IQ. It's learning is not too well. You're praying for that. That's true. You're praying for a sister that's tremendously nervous. Mrs. Lick, that's your name. You can return and have your request. You believe he's Messiah? Do you believe he's Messiah? Then that same Messiah is amongst his people one more time. It's the Son of Man revealing who he is. He proves his word, all of his words. Just think of it, all of his words. And you are his word. I want to close on this. He proves all of his words. Laura, he proves all of his words. And you are his word. Well, I got to prove. Huh? But now watch now. He says, he proves all of his words. All of his words. Think about it. All of his words. You are his word. He was the word and you're a part of his word. And that's the reason you're sent here. To confirm your place in life. God sent this word to place you in your position in life. See, he's unchangeable. You are in him. You're a part of him because you were a part of the thinking of him before the foundation of the world. He called you. Hallelujah. God called you. Did he call you? Did he call you? I'm asking you now. I'm looking right at you. Did he call you? Then he will never forsake you. He can tell you what you prayed this morning. He can tell you whether you prayed this morning. He can tell you what you're asking for. What you're needing, Roy. My God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. There's nothing he cannot do. Hallelujah. He has come to place you in your position in life. Preparing you for that prepared place. And that place is called heaven. Hallelujah. Preparing you. He's been preparing you. He said, but brother Tom, it's been a long time. Well... Look what Joseph had to go through. But God was with him every step of the way. He couldn't help being spiritual. God just gave him a seven color, seven color coat. The jealousy of his brothers. Huh? Jealousy of his brothers put him in the pit. But God was with him in the pit. 
Then the Midianites came. And they sold him to the Midianites. But God was with him with the Midianites. Ah, but he was sold to Potiphar. God was with him with Potiphar. Then he got falsely accused and sent to prison. God was with him in the prison. Everything he touched was blessed. Everything you are, you're blessed. Blessed are your ears for they hear. Blessed are your eyes for they see. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You are blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. 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 Hallelujah. He wasn't a voice crying from some seminary. He wasn't a voice that cried with some doctor's degree. It wasn't from some old lady birthday almanac. But it was in God's word, the voice crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. God prepared him to prepare the way. God's preparing you as he's prepared a way for us. For that place. Musicians, please come. Brother Bram said the whole world's shaken under the impact of the on-creeping judgment. The hours coming when this world will shake under the impact of the church of the living God that's moving forward in great power. I want you to say, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. The world is now shaking by the impact of the increasing judgment. But it's also shaking under the impact of the church of the living God. That's moving forward in great power. Me. That's me, mama. Mama, that's me. Hallelujah. You say, well, I didn't know that the Lord would come in this service like this. Well, listen, that little lady from Canada that spent all that she had, followed Brother Bradham's meetings all through Canada, went down into the States, spent all her money, all her money. She had five cents left. She slept in the lobby for two nights, Brother Bradham said. Then the Holy Spirit said to him, walk out the door. And he walked out of the hotel room door with his wife. And they, he started walking down the room. He said, and Sister Me says, where are we going? He says, wherever he leads me. He's going down the street. And there was a, an Irish policeman, he says. And then I was looking at the sporting goods store. And Sister Me says, well, I think I should be getting back. He says, why don't you just go back, honey? So she goes back to the hotel. Brother Bram goes down this way. And, and then there he sees this little woman. She's walking by. He says, and the Holy Spirit said to me, get close to her. Get close to her. And the Spirit said, go near her. Another place, he said, get right next to her. (laughs) There she was. She couldn't get in the prayer line. She had a withered hand. She spent all she had. She followed him across Canada, down to the States. had a nickel left. God was preparing her for a change. God is preparing you for a change. Not just a withered hand, a withered body. He said, you get right next to her. She said, I'm from Canada. She says, I just slept in the lobby. She said, Brother Branham. Brother Branham. He said, something turned me around. He said, I seen her holding her hand and she was rocking her arm like this. She said, I fell on her rock when I was a little uh, riding a dog. 
the little guy, I fell on a rock and hurt my arm. She said, I fell down. She said, she said, I begin to look t- towards, you know, um, getting to see you. But my heavenly father, your servant, sir, I, I thought he wants me to stand here a little bit. So I stood here, but nothing happened. I thought, then all of a sudden I turned the corner and there brother Branham stood. Then the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, get right near her. He got right near her. He says, what's wrong with you? She said, I got a withered hand. He said, stretch out your hand. And her hand was totally normal. That was not a man. That was God saying, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You can be down to your last nickel. It doesn't matter your financial situation. It didn't matter to Job. It didn't matter to this woman. Doesn't matter, saints of God. He will never leave you this morning. I'll be with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last scripture. Second Corinthians 4, 4 and 15. Don't turn, please. For all things are for your sake. So Paul says, for all things are for your sake that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. My God can do anything and everything that happens to you is for you, for all things, all things. Are for your sake. Amen. Amen. Let's stand.